welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. We hope you enjoy the show and please feel free to leave us a review. It really does help. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk or our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast. Welcome Jenny. I almost want to say like, welcome Jenny, like this is Jenny from the block. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Or a block of flats. No, just in general. (laughs) Um, I could just make a joke then, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna try and be try and be sensible. I, I, you know, what, why? Why be sensible though, Becky? Right? Why do that? Um, welcome, Jenny Wright um, from Money and Pension Service. Thank you, Jenny, for joining me today. No problem. Glad to be here. So, tell me about your job with Money and Pension Service. Yeah. So, I'm the regional partnerships manager for the Money and Pension Service across Yorkshire and the Humber. Um, And so I have spent my entire working life in the financial services industry in one way, shape or form. And I've been really lucky to work in corporate sector, third sector and now in the public sector as well. And everything I've done in my life in terms of work has sort of culminated in this role that I've got now at the Money and Pension Service. So what's your normal day or week look like for you? that's the beauty of this job it is so varied and there isn't a normal week so at the money and pension service I'll just explain a little bit about what that is so so, uh, we're an arm's length body of the department for work and pensions which means that we're sort of sponsored by the government we're a bit of a a quango if if you like and um what we want to do is help people make the most of their money and pensions And that goes right through from pocket money all the way up to pensions. Um, And we have a UK strategy for financial well-being, which we're now in year four of. And that covers five five really challenging areas around money. And we'll perhaps pick up on that. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. But the Money and Pension Service is formed of three organisations that you might have heard of. We all came together in 2019 as a single financial financial guidance body uh dropped that name relatively quickly because <laughs> it sounds rubbish yeah yeah so we uh, we we changed it to money and pension service or maps but um we brought together the money advice service pension wise and the pensions advisory service so money and pension service is the business to business side, uh, the business to business name for the organisation. But we reach out to consumers, individuals, employers via our money helper brand. Um, and everything that we've got is free. Uh, it's impartial guidance and information. And we really want to, to help people talk about money as much as possible break down those barriers those taboos and that stigma around you know being embarrassed about talking about money we want to educate people give them uh, the tools to make decisions themselves or at least go out and find more information about that what they're wanting to do definitely love that yeah that's what we're trying to do here 
Perfect. So what, what does your what, what does your dot role do? What does a normal week look like? So, so I engage with um, individuals, employers, uh, organisations, doing a lot of work with the NHS, local authorities, combined authorities. Um, and at the moment, I'm really sort of focusing on employers and how they can support their workforce um, around financial well-being. Okay. So that might be as simple as having a little bit of signposting on an email, a staff email, or it might be embedding a full um, financial well-being policy into the their overall health and well-being strategy. That's so important, I think. Yeah. That's so yeah. important because normal everyday people, they go and Google money and pensions. It's like a rabbit hole, right? You don't know where to start. And you know, yeah. you know you're not necessarily going to come to the top because there's somebody yeah. else paid higher that's not yeah. impartial. Um, and maybe not the regulated website, for example. So you don't know actually how credible it is. Exactly. Um, and they could find an umptune amount of information, which could be wrong. Um, yeah. Whereas if you go from your employer, also those people that aren't looking, and it's they're the people that you really want to capture. How do you get the attention of people that aren't listening to this podcast, for example? Yeah. It's the other people and through the employers and large employers, I imagine as well. Um, are crucial so talk to me a little bit about the financial well-being element that you talked about those was it it was four or five so so five so the uk strategy for financial well-being uh, covers children and young people to start with so what we really want to do is support uh, organizations helping young people so that might be the education system so we've got um toolkits for teachers to talk to um the class about uh, money and, and amazing. The, I didn't realize that yeah yeah and we've got a, a a toolkit that people can use in schools to to get information around how they can plan lessons etc and we're just about to deliver some teacher training that's we've amazing we've got some parenting resources as well a program called talk learn do and that starts with sort of talking to really young children um gives you uh sort of games things to think about tools there to 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 sort of engage with your young person around money so moving through from from the children and young people piece we are um, we've got a section called credit counts so we want to drive up information about safe forms of credit um so community finance credit unions um and raise awareness about loan sharks and payday lenders, et cetera. So we want to support people getting affordable credit. And we know that more and more people are using credit to fund their day-to-day living. So, you know, food, utility bills, et cetera. Uh, and we, we really want people to go to a safe place for that, that credit if they do need it. Then we're moving through to Nation of Savers. So um, what again, this is sort of a really key piece for employers to get involved in. Um, so having a workplace savings scheme is really good for building financial resilience back. Um, financial resilience is so important for everybody, um, particularly from a mental health perspective as well. Awesome. So we're encouraging employers to engage with, um, you know, building societies, banks, providers of payroll savings to to have that in place that people can access through their work and you know that might make people if they're if they're saving through their salary before they get it 
there's a really good chance that they will maintain that savings and we've done some pilots. Yeah, that's a great that. idea. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then moving on from that, we are the largest funder of free regulated debt advice in England. And um, we work with, with various partners that you'll have heard of, Citizens Advice, for example. Um, and we put extra capacity into the debt advice system. And again, trying to break down those taboos around asking for help and getting the right sort of free help as well. That's really important. And again, you mentioned Googling things. Um, yeah. To go via our Money Helper website onto a debt advice locator tool, which will take you through to a local uh, free regulated debt, uh, debt advice provider rather than you risk running the risk of oh. randomly getting somebody and then it's a scam or they're charging you for stuff that you don't need to pay for. No. So, so we've got the debt, the, the better access to debt advice part. And then lastly, we've got Future Focus, which focuses on pensions, long-term care, um, thinking about that a lot earlier on in the process and as part of the the future focus element we've got pension wise still that that supports people around making decisions about their pensions um, and also we've got pension guidance specialists that are, are on the phone available every day to have you know those silly questions that you think oh I, I, I don't ask this question because people will think I'm silly um we're there all day to answer as many of those what you questions. questions because we want people to know about this stuff and we really often they're not are they often they're actually not silly no, questions absolutely. they're really actually really yeah. um important and and so many times I had, I had a client yesterday say to me I'm really sorry probably I'm not, ask, I'm not asking this question correctly or this isn't yeah. making sense. I, I know it's probably down to the fact that I'm just not financially educated or something of that kind of language that she used. And I said to her, no, actually, this is a really fair question. I need to go and check this because it was a yeah. graph. We did an example of a pension projection and I used one graph back when I was doing a later on in the conversation about an attitude to risk profile. Yeah. And it was one of the profile tools that added in your profile based on this profile, your projections would be X. Yeah. And then I did it in a different tool where I stipulate the rate of return. And um, she's like, well, it's so different from the last one. I said, I'll be the return rates. So I sent her the, 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 the graphs so she could see the two of them yeah. and she still didn't get it. And I said, no, what you're asking is really fair. Let me go and check. And I found out that the rate return on yeah. one of them was 15, eight, and 0.2 and mine was five so there was a reason why there was such a disparity and it was a fair question that she was asking it was not a stupid question at all yeah yeah so so we've got those five areas which touch on all elements of like you know every sort of um lifetime decision getting married having children retiring ill health divorce We've we've got all of that covered on our Money Helper website, but across those other those five challenge areas, we've also got cross-cutting themes. So we've got mental health, because we know that people struggling with their mental health um, struggle to manage their finances, but also, particularly now, um, people that are struggling with the finances, then that has a massive impact on their mental well-being as well. It's sort of a, um, yeah, chicken yes, and egg, you know. Circle. And then the other one is gender. So we're really um, keen to support women around their finances and get more women engaged in making decisions around their finances, understanding what things are, and also planning better 
for their future um, and taking responsibility. My day, yeah. <laughs> every day. Yeah, yeah. I'm more normally talking to women about exactly that, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's there's so many. Um, it's getting easier. That it's getting easier for a lot of younger women, but yeah. I think it's still yeah. very difficult for the, the sort of I would probably say forty five and above. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and it's still it's still a tricky subject. So I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna try and have a rant because I don't want to I don't want to I, I hate having a rant but it is my own podcast so it's great I can say what I want to say but I know you can't because you're here on official capacity. Yes, you go um, through. But I'd like to talk about how does the money advice sorry no, not the money advice the money and pension service work when when with, a, with in, in next to like regulated advice. Now I don't have an issue with. Mm-hmm. The money and pension service at all and I have, don't have an issue um with money coaches giving mm. sort of guidance um yeah. what I have an issue with because all of those so far that I've mentioned are enabling people to make decisions and that's what I'm all about because without enabling someone to make decisions they procrastinate they get stressed nothing gets done nothing gets decided without yeah. that that you're you're delaying your potential future yeah. So what I do have an issue with is that the regulator put a lot of, as you well know, stress, yes. fee, pressure on <laughs> regulated people like myself, that I will be very careful what I say on my podcast, for example, to that extent that yeah. I wouldn't say I'll do this or do that. Yes. But I know there's people that I don't know whether they call themselves money mentors or money coaches or in the online sort of stratosphere. Yeah. And they will say, go and do a pension and do a FTSE 100 tracker. Yeah. Now, that to me is advice. Yeah. It's not guidance. Mm-hmm. But they're all over Twitter. They're all over TikTok. They're all mm-hmm. over Instagram. And the regulator is doing nothing about it, as far as I can see. But what the role of what you're doing, your team are doing, and the yeah. company you work for are doing is really important. Yeah. What what's what does what do you think the regulator thinks about that? And what does the money and pension service think about any of that? Like, do you get involved in any of that non-regulated sort of? No, we don't, we don't get involved in that. So again, um, the the regulator is a, an arm's length body, like like the money and pension service, um, and as an organisation, um, we are really keen to stress that everything that we sort of share with people is free Mm. it's impartial and it's it's guidance or information there is there is no advice so even if somebody rang up our pensions technical specialists who are all uh, qualified around pensions um and some of those are ex-financial advisors they are just getting um sort of signposting information facts and you know factual stuff um around their pension and like you said it enables them to make an informed decision potentially or go on and talk to somebody like yourself um, and get that that regulated financial advice but what we what we also want to do and perhaps support that sort of differential between regulated advice and and guidance if you like is we have developed a money money guide a competency framework we we work with a lot of organizations so local authorities housing associations 
NHS, social prescribers, who on that on a daily basis speak to their um, tenants, service users, patients about money. It comes up in conversation. Yeah. And a lot of people now are sort of asking for help again in a in a healthcare setting. The, the, the financial side of it might be the thing that's making them poorly. So, mm. so what, we're, what we're looking to do is support those people working in those jobs to have the confidence around what they can say. So, mm. you know, uh, this is information. This is where you need to go to get the help. I can't tell you what to do, uh, but these people will be able to do that or they'll be able to point you in the right direction. So what we're looking to do is sort of get people signed up to the Money Guider framework and work their way through that. It's a, There's a City and Guilds accreditation attached to that. So it's all online, uh, sort of do it in your own time. But that gives you knowledge around all different things in financial services, so pensions, protection, savings and investments, all of that stuff. Um, and it educates that individual so that they don't then make mistakes when they're talking to the, the tenant or the, the you know patient or whatever. Right. But as part of that as well, um, we've got a money guider network, which is really good peer-to-peer -peer support. So all those people can go up like in the sort of three sessions a month, which is free learning for them. Uh, but they also have peer-to-peer -peer support sessions so they can all talk about it and the issues that they're coming across. And then we would develop further training uh, around those issues that they're raising. So, so we're wanting to sort of, I don't want to say standardised, but I can't think of a better no, word. I, I like that. And what you're saying yeah. makes complete sense. I, I would yeah. rather there be a framework yeah. than what I see at the moment and then none at all. Mm. Because I think then people can very much make a mistake. Yes. And I'd much rather see a, a, a money coach or a money mentor or some, some description, any kind of coach, really. Yeah that yeah. could potentially talk about money in conversations like you yeah. mentioned you know if you're yeah. coaching somebody around past trauma and it means that they're not making decisions and they're not paying their rent because they just yeah. they don't know if they can afford it and they're getting stressed you want to be able to enable that person to help that person not that you know I, I can't speak to everybody financial advisors we can't speak yeah. to everybody it is we've all got to help each other in the right yeah. way right so I think having that I actually think I, I'm I think that's standardizing is a is almost a, a good thing yeah. because then I'll be if, they, if I can see on the person's website well at least I know they've had some form of training and more importantly they know what not to say yeah. so there's a line between I won't say anything because yeah. I don't know I'm scared um mm. to saying too much and actually I mean I suppose that can that, that can be a problem for the consumer but unfortunately it's all too late when that when once that's happened yeah um, and then there's a sp space in the middle. And I think in which case, because I'm so financial services, we're so regulated. Yeah. Why shouldn't that at least have a standardised? Why, why shouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's very helpful. It's proving very helpful for people um, and giving them the confidence to, to have those conversations rather than shying away from them mm. uh, with, with the the individual sat in front of them and again you know that that individual that's in in crisis potentially needs some clear guidance or or signposting and and that's that's really really key i think to to sort of head more crises off at the pass mm -hmm. if you like to sort of enable people to to start the process and again that might be just 
saying to people, you've got debt, um, there's no shame in that, but it's really important not to not to leave it and not to, to sort of pretend it's not happening. And these are the people that you can talk to for the correct advice. This is the telephone yeah. you need, or I can, you know, we've got a virtual contact centre now with regulated debt advisors on there that we can put people through to straight away or arrange callbacks and stuff. So so there's there's loads of work that we're doing. It's so broad. Yeah. And that's that's why, like I said at the beginning, I love my job because it's so diverse and so interesting. And I get to meet so many random people and have weird conversations all about about money. Um, And it's just it's fascinating. And and like I said, I've I've always worked in, in finances in some way, shape or form. So everything that I've done helps me to to have those conversations as well yeah and I bang on about it like nobody's business um just want people to to feel comfortable talking around money and I you know I use personal examples all the time um to try and get people to open up as well and, and see it as a normal thing to do what's the, what's the personal um experience that you've gone through that you're happy to share on a podcast yeah, yeah. so well let, i mean there's there's loads um at the, the the key one for me and it, you know it's around budgeting and i am very anal when it comes to budgeting i know if my bank account balance has changed by a few pence i have to check to see what's what's happened with that so i'm all about the budgeting um, but recently, well, last year, my husband was made redundant um, and we knew that it was coming and we'd, we'd got a plan and everything. And he set his own business up, but he didn't do a budget plan. Um, he said, oh, everything's going to be fine. It's all right. Don't worry. And I like, suggested that it would be a good idea to, to make a plan. Um, and he didn't. Um, and, you know, long story short, the money, the money that he'd got to one side started to run out a lot quicker than he anticipated uh, it's very difficult setting up your own business oh it's, yeah definitely it's longer to to get that oh, you don't know what your, your, your pay cycle is you don't know yes, your marketing ex- cycle is you don't know any of it exactly so um after about four months uh we had a conversation and I put him <laughs> in there, as you do and I yeah. put him in front of the money helper budget planner he went through that and went oh that's where it's all going a bit awry and now we we have a regular monthly um sort of chit chat about where we are with the budget and everything um and that's I think that's a really healthy thing to do because it it means that I don't sort of carry on regardless of doing what you know doing what I, I used to do we make decisions jointly about the money but another thing that that we've done and we've done this for a long time is we have a spreadsheet um and we put all our sort of savings all our pension plans all our life insurance etc on this spreadsheet so that any one time we know Mm. where we are um in terms of our money and you know if ultimately if anything happened to one of us it was easy to have that sort of snapshot um of what we've got and it and just saves people trying to trawl through information and things so I think you know there's a couple of things um things there that I I do and I you know 
my daughter, bless her, I'm always sort of having conversations with her about about money. And uh, but she's picking up on that, and she's actually she's actually now started working in financial services. So it's uh, oh, okay. Didn't completely put her off then. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I had put her off for a bit, but now she's she's down with that, and she she loves it. So. Uh, and again, it's that sort of helping people to understand stuff um, and, and, you know, supporting people through difficult times. So, so yeah, I, I just think if I, when I'm doing my webinars and things, if I can share personal stories, it makes it more... More real. Yeah, more real. And people think, okay, well, she's approachable. She's been through something, you know, challenging and um and it's not a pre we all have though like if we are really honest about i just i did a podcast this morning with um uh uh, hetty who's a bookkeeper and uh, so not she's not a bookkeeper she'd hate me for calling her that she's not a bookkeeper Um, (laughs) an accountant right um, and a what did she what what, would we call herself um like a finance uh practitioner where she goes into business and helps them manage their business um and you know we we talked about cash flow we've both had cash flow problems before I I talked about the fact that one year while my profits increase I didn't save enough tax I sent enough of the previous tax year the equivalent but not in the increase of tax and then the next tax year I'm having to save for that tax year and some for the bill that's coming up so like you know and I'm a financial advisor of 20 at the time like 20 odd years yeah it it happens to all of us um but I think what what i I think that the thing is, is that I've done a lot of personal development on myself. I've had yeah. to, to to grow yeah. and be the person that I am. Yeah. Um, and actually a lot of the decisions that people avoid or they react to things more than anything. Um, they don't, their reaction is avoidance or their reaction is overwhelm or the stress yeah. or the mental health element that you talked about. Yeah. It's all really comes down to how they were brought up around money yeah. and what's gone on with them and their mindset. And I mean, I was um, out at the weekend and I was with a group of girls and they're absolutely lovely, but I was about a couple of weeks before with another group of friends who financially in very different places and the conversations were just very, very different. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it does sort of show that we're not all in, we might be all in the same sea, but we're definitely not all in the same boat. Definitely, definitely. That's right. Um, And and knowing how to react to situations so you can get yourself into the next boat or the bigger boat or whatever, you you know, the karma seas, whatever it is you're wanting, um, is knowing when you're reacting badly, knowing how you need to deal with that trauma or that past effect. or um, And once I stopped taking it all so personally... Mm Um, and it was just something, you know, it was like filling out a form. It was just something that I had to do. Yeah. You yeah. don't get so um, emotionally stressed about the outcome. Because yeah. it is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and yeah, but but again, it's like this burying your head in the sand, in the sand is the, the last thing you want to do. Um, because then that issue gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you think it's you think you can never get it sorted out but there's a lot of people out there to to help um and you know I sort of mention around if you are struggling with your mortgage provider or your utility provider there are rafts of people whole departments that are there waiting for your phone call to to talk to them and they will support you through that process and there's various things that they have to do if you tell them that you're struggling um so so you know my my message to anybody is is sort of speak up find the help 
and and make a start because once you've made a start it it's you just feel like that weight's gone off your shoulders and you and you're doing something practical about it um yeah, so, i love yeah. that it's, it's hard to be brave sometimes isn't it yeah. Oh God, yeah. It's easy to ignore it sometimes, but like you say, it just gets a bigger problem. Leaving those letters in the drawer and just shutting the drawer, you think it would get easier. Um, So, what do you think is in the future for you know the financial crisis? What's going on with mortgage interest rates, or what's your view on what's going to happen over the next the rest of this year? So that's that's a very big question. I know. And I know you can't get too personal or too specific, but no, but I, but I think you know, I don't, I don't refer to the cost of living rises as a crisis anymore because it's been going on quite a long time now. And uh, I think the key for us is to understand that that things are probably going to be very challenging for a lot of people for quite a long time, and this is like. for want of a better phrase the new normal um which is a really rubbish thing to say I know but um I just think that well he's honest and I appreciate honesty right yeah yeah rather say it how it is yeah yeah lie to people oh it's gonna be fine yeah well god no it's not but I think (laughs) I think that the key is that there's a lot of people that are in crisis already yeah and, and we with the you know we need to help those people but what we also need to do is these new cohorts of people that are suddenly going oh this is getting a little bit interesting we we need to share with them where the immediate information and support is that's really important because a lot of those people can just sort of go oh right I'll, I'll find that out and I can start to deal with that myself but again then we you know this is a long protracted um thing that we need to go through but it starts with educating young our young people, yeah. giving them the tools and information at an early age to understand what's coming down the tracks in terms of you know what's a payslip, what's tax, what's what's a, a loan shark look like, um, you know what what's a credit card and how much is that going to cost you. So educating our young people is really really important to sort of ease ease the sort of peaks and troughs out over the coming years. Um, and you know, if I knew what mortgage interest rates were going to be like, I'd be a millionaire. So um <laughs> I know, right? Neither of us are quite there yet. Yeah. So just talking to I probably say like my average client now. Mm. So, you know, there are people who are in crisis, there are people yeah. who are worried about their mortgage interest rates, there are uh, or both. <laughs> um, and there are uh people that are highly, highly wealthy. Um, yeah. My clients tend to be people who are unfortunately inherited wealth, uh, usually younger or middle-aged females. Right. Um, and they're usually working, got a good yeah. career, so, so maybe having a career break at some point or yeah, wanting yeah. to plan for a career break. Um, they're either running very successful businesses um, and, you know, doing quite well. They can see profits now coming through their business. Yeah. Um, or they tend to be usually sort of doing quite a good executive kind of role in um, maybe like a tech company or sort of senior management. Um, So they might have shares or they certainly have bonuses and they're getting pay rises and they're they're doing well. So they're, they're not as, they're not in crisis. Um, They are thinking about, Oh shit, what should I do about my mortgage interest rate? Two years or five years. Yeah. Um, and I had a, did a whole podcast with my mortgage broker. Um, so if, I was, if, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that show, <laughs> you can go back and listen to it. 
um, because this is out after that show. Yeah. Um, but they are sort of because of the news and because of what's you know this like you say this it's no longer a crisis it's like the norm yeah um, and what's going on with core inflation at the moment so not but just to explain to people core inflation has recently has it gone up or slightly stayed the same whereas actual overall inflation which is more related to um adding on to I should say inflation yeah. which also includes household bills and utilities that has come down but core inflation has actually I think slightly increased um, yeah. over the last quarter so that's worrying the markets and you know when I look at investing so that's what people come to me with they say okay I want to plan for the future I've got this money what should I do with it um knowing what you know and knowing you know yeah knowing what you know you've been in this yeah. for a long long time what would be where would you say people start so I know from from a lot of stats and things that we've we've had is that younger people younger working people only have one bank account so it's really important that if you are trying to save you have somewhere else to put the money that you're saving because if you don't do that it's very easy to just keep spending and spending and spending so having a little bit of, of money put aside for the future is really important um I think budgeting as well knowing what you've got coming in and going out is really key especially at the moment because things like you just said things are going up um it, it's not as easy to plan as it once was because you don't always know what your bills are going to be every month so if you're doing you know a budget plan every three months just to see where you're where you are spending Generally, yeah yeah can you change can you change that a little bit can you free up any money to put to one side for your future um that that might be something that people want want to think about doing um but then one thing because you've you said you know a lot of your clients are women and 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 they are making plans which is absolutely phenomenal no that's great but one thing that I've learned about in the last sort of couple of years is the impact of the menopause on women's finances and our ability to pay into a pension, do a job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that we might need to take time off for caring responsibilities yeah. for grandchildren, older parents, etc. So, so throughout our working lives as women, we have so many sort of external factors that can impact our ability to save 100 percent, yeah yeah that's without yeah. the gap of it you know the, the income gap yeah, having exactly. children you know yeah, yeah. for child care yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know we we're moving towards this massive gender pension pay gap as well as the gender pay gap so so i do a lot of sessions around money and menopause and and how that sort of can can really mess up your pension provision if you if you're feeling really rubbish and you're not able to have a conversation about it and you don't know why you're feeling rubbish and you think I can't do my job anymore I'm just going to sack it off so so you know a raising awareness of that is really important so when financial advisors are having conversations with younger people it might be a good thing to say oh well you know it's not necessarily saying this is going to happen to you but you need to think about perhaps bumps in the road that might impact your ability to earn and save yeah that's a good point yeah. I've not thought of it like that yeah I'm, I'm, yeah not thought about it like that I um 
What do you, what would you say to somebody that was um, able um, in terms of, let's just say, you know, their bills are covered, mm-hmm. um, they're paying into their pension through work, um, but they're only doing like they're doing 3% and the employer's yeah. doing 5% um, and they have got spare money each month, which they could consider investing. Yeah. Um, what would you be saying to them? I know you're not an advisor, but I'm just trying to pick information from your brain. <laughs> <laughs> so what would I be saying to them or well, I'd, I'd be saying you know what's important to you for your future um you know can you afford to go on holiday next year or are you going to put it on your credit card you might want to make a choice around that um but I you know I would really recommend people do try and take some financial advice however that is really hard at the moment because there's not a lot of advisors taking on new clients. There's not a lot of advisors that are, want to deal with people that have only got a spare bit, you know, a bit of money. A bit spare, yeah. Chunks of money. Why do you and, think that is? I know why it is. And I've got a lot to say about that. I could do a rant, but why mm-hmm. do you think that that's happened? We're in that situation. That's, I don't, I don't know if I could comment on that, but from a personal experience, <laughs> I used to be, uh, I used to run a team of financial advisors in a a major high street bank. Those financial advisors disappeared. um, And they were the ones that sort of talked to people with the lower, lower end incomes, lower levels of savings. And, 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 you know, you could, you could advise people on, on, on what to do and have a really good conversation about that. I think there's, there's that element missing now. yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying about money coaches and, and you know, money trainers and stuff. There's a little bit of a gap um, for general, general everybody. And, yeah, general people that want to do that want to do something, um, but don't know where to start. And, and the door's being yeah. closed in a lot of places around that as well. So 100%. And, then, and I mean, I, the, I, my personal opinion is the reason we're in this situation is because of... Um, and I'm not blaming financial advisors or blaming financial advisor companies or firms, Mm -hmm. Um, but um, we are heavily regulated. There's a lot of costs involved with running our business. Um, Having said that, um, there there is a marketing requirement for high net worth because let's face it, more money, more problems, more tax, there's more justification for charging a fee. Yeah. However... Um, I don't believe that we should then exclude people that don't have enough money. There yeah. is a there is a gap of people who still have spare money. Yeah, they can yeah. actually start investing, but they don't know how. So, like for example, I charge. I think it was four nine five. I just put it up to five five twenty. And if someone comes to me with say 30, 40 grand, yeah, set them up a pension or an ISA, and I just charge them that flat fee, yeah. and they can go on their way. There's no ongoing. They don't have yeah, to yeah. go in. They can come back to me if they've got any questions in the future, but they they can they can continue. Yeah. Um, the other issue is is that um, it's a a generational thing where we're not recruiting. Yes. The absolutely. banks aren't recruiting or training anymore because they've closed yeah. all their wealth divisions down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. now in a situation where you've got those same firms recruiting. Yeah. But they're not necessarily. It's all um, there's a mass exodus of the industry. Yeah. because of additional regulation that's coming into play. So this year it's a, um, the consumer duty that's coming in. So you've got, I have probably five emails a week, mm-hmm. um, two or three phone calls a week. Yeah. Um, 
for firms trying to buy my client base. Right, okay. So if you imagine you've been doing, the, I've only been doing it, I've run my business for 10 years, I've been in the industry for 23 years, but my client base I've been only doing for about six years. Whereas if you've been in the industry for 20 odd years and that's all you focused on and you built your client base, that would be worth millions now. And let's yeah, just say yeah, yeah. 55 to 60, don't yeah. want to bother with consumer duty and all the more regulation that's coming into play, which massively impact these people. Yeah. Um, they're going to sell. You've got five or six people ringing you every week, asking you for or handing yeah. you over millions of pounds. Why would you not cash in and walk away? Don't blame mm -hmm. them whatsoever. No. So we're left in a situation where we've got an aging population of financial advisors, yeah. no new blood to really come in and fulfill that, and then a massive gap in giving that advice to everyday yeah. people. Yeah, and then that's where, you know, the issue around influencers on TikTok and, you know, people younger people getting involved in cryptocurrency because so-and-so says it's a great idea that's when it, there's there's a massive problem there as well isn't there so so again it goes back to sort of basic education around finance about what's what at school or in a you know in an environment when people are still young um probably before they go off to uni as well because then you then you get in a whole heap of debt just by educating yourself so yeah it's it's really it's, it's true really, really. <laughs> yeah it is it's hard it's hard to know how to tackle the, the issue because it is massive and there's such a a, a gap of you know there's a massive group of people that can't get that support through no fault of their own it's just the way the industry's developed over over yeah, the last yeah. sort of 10 10 years yeah. um and and therein lies a bit of an issue doesn't it whilst we're yeah. trying we the the key for the economy is for people to have their own personal financial resilience yeah. but how do we help them to do that yeah in a safe safe way um, yeah, and then I only see it, I, I don't, at the moment, the only thing I can see as a, as a positive is that standardising that you mentioned, yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm honest, because all I see more of, and you even see Facebook ads now, are ambulance chasers, yes. law firms trying to find ways that you can sue your financial advisor. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah. And I hope the regulator will start to do more um, in terms of, coming down on certain people that are not giving guidance they are giving advice in the yeah. online space so that that's my only hope that I can I, I can hope for mm -hmm. um well I've really enjoyed our chat today thank you for so much for coming on um would you mind doing me a massive favor and maybe sending me some links to the, some of the departments that yeah. you've mentioned because if you go on to maps.org.uk yeah. then like it's such a big website yeah, there's so much on there and I want to make sure that anyone that is listening or if you know somebody that's struggling right now send them this podcast get them to listen to this um Jenny Jenny and maps are there to help you can't bring Jenny directly unfortunately no. <laughs> there's massive governmental departments that are there yeah. to help you're not on your own um, so please share that with people that you think would find it helpful. Um, and I will in the show notes also share the link so that people can go and get whether it's debt advice, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a lot all the things that Jenny, Jenny mentioned there. Um, any lasting words of tips or wisdom you'd like to share before we close today? Um, I would like to say 
hashtag talk money to anybody that you can possibly do that we have talk money week every november it's great to get involved with um lots of help and support out there so so just let's break down those barriers and and educate each other around money and, and pensions brilliant absolutely love that thank you so much jenny for joining me thank today you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. Our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on pensions, investments, mortgages, insurances on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast.